to episode 7 of season 2 of From Timber Falls with Love, your little dose of romance in the midst of daily life. I'm your host, Fiona West. I'm an author, wife, mom, and teacher, and I'm here to give you a peek into what's happening in your favorite small town. Today I've got chapter 7 of Could Be Something Good, the first book in the Timber Falls series. Winnie and Daniel start to get a little bit personal and poke at each other's sore spots, but it's all part of the dance. Full disclosure, this episode is read by an AI voice, not a human, since I'm back to working at school and only a part-time author. Whether you love it or hate it, we're going to try it out, so send me a message and let me know. But for now, enjoy! Chapter 7 On Wednesday, Daniel was finishing his yogurt and icing his elevated leg when Kyle came into the on-call room and slumped onto the couch next to him. Rough day? Kyle ran a hand through his dark hair. Referral to oncology. He swallowed down his bite and the sadness that welled up. Yikes. Anyone I know? Mavis Johnson. Oh, that's sad. She'd worked at the library for years. He loved the library, he'd gotten kicked out for being rowdy and noisy more times than he could count, but she'd always been nice about it. The clock caught his eye. I'll have to go by and check on her later. Is she still here? Nope, she wanted to get back to the library by three for when school gets out. What time is it? Oh, oh, it's almost two, you know what that means? Daniel said. No. Daniel made his eyebrows dance. It's flirting time. Daniel limped over to the nurse's station and Kyle followed reluctantly. Hey there, Miss Baker. She didn't look up. Hello, Thor. Hello, Loki. He wanted to see her eyes. What could he say to get her to look up? Am I Thor because of my resemblance to Chris Hemsworth, because I'm a god, or because you suspect I have a secret identity? None of the above, it's because you're a limping doctor with a wicked brother. She didn't deny that I'm handsome, he whispered too loudly to Kyle, who gave him an incredulous look. Those looks didn't bother him anymore. Kyle's not wicked though Winnie. He's just broody. Kyle crossed his arms over his chest. I'm going to assume this is some kind of superhero reference. Loki is Thor's morally ambiguous brother, always trying to get the upper hand. Well, that's faulty then. I've already got the upper hand. Kyle moved away from the station, and Daniel called after him. That's such a Loki thing to say. He waved at him without turning around. Daniel turned back to Winnie. If I'm Thor, where's my hammer? I just assumed you kept it in your locker during work hours. Winnie popped the chart she was holding into the file and closed the file cabinet quietly, then turned down the floor. No one can steal it anyway. Best as he could, Daniel chased Winnie. Am I the Marvel Universe Thor or DC Comics? Winnie tapped a pen to her lips. Marvel, I'd say. Definitely not Neil Gaiman's. You're not drunk enough. Does that make you Jane Foster? He watched Winnie's face fall. I don't think so. Is that a bad thing? He wondered. 
why did that make her sad? The parallels are clearly there, you're a nurse who wants to be a doctor, worthy to wield Mjolnir. She reached room 213, then stopped to face him. What makes you think I'd be worthy? His head was full of things he couldn't say yet, because I dream about how pretty you are. Because I've seen you with your patience, and your patience and integrity are amazing. Because you seem to carry the weight of the world with ease. He opted for a safer route than bearing his soul. What makes you think you wouldn't be? She pursed her lips. Was she hiding a smile? Oh, definitely. I don't know why I talk to you. You just ask ridiculous questions. Daniel grinned at her. Because I'm funny. Because you like it. Winnie looked him up and down, and her gaze seemed to catch on his leg. You're limping. Why? He scratched his chin thoughtfully. I thought it would make me stand out. I'm trying different distinguishing characteristics. Next, I'm going to grow a mustache, and then I'll try a hat. I was thinking of a beret. Winnie regarded him skeptically. First of all, you'd look terrible in a beret, so I certainly hope you're joking. She gestured insistently toward his leg. What did you do to yourself? Or was this at the hands of another? A wicked brother, maybe? Oh, no, nothing like that. He ran a hand over his bound hair. Cycling accident. Her eyes widened adorably, and he could tell she was imagining all sorts of terrible circumstances that this might entail. I'm just a little scraped up, really. I'm fine. I was just icing it. The gravel was loose and I went down hard, but... Let me see. He sighed. This was the thing about being in relationships with medical professionals, they all wanted to see. It was like they didn't trust him to diagnose himself correctly, or maybe they just needed to assuage their curiosity. Whatever the case, he'd already endured his father's examination and later, his brother's. Yet somehow, he didn't mind Winnie's scrutiny as much as theirs. But it could be fun to pretend he did. All right, he said, holding up his hands, but you'll make it quick, won't you? He led her farther down the hall. I'm a very busy important doctor. Mr. Helsing is counting on me to bring him candy, and Mrs. Mapleton said she wanted me to take out her stitches, because I have a lighter touch. Personally, I think it might have more to do with my studly physique, but I could be misreading the situation. As he talked, she pulled him into an empty exam room by his sleeve and shut the door, then washed her hands at the sink. When he sat down in one of the chairs, she tilted her head toward the exam table as she dried her hands. Really, Nurse Baker? He didn't particularly want to get up on the table, yet he wanted to spend time alone with her and see where he could take it. Really, Dr. Dund? The light is better. It's more sanitary. And more than that, it's closer to my face. I don't get down on the floor unless absolutely necessary. I've seen you on the floor for less than necessary reasons, he said, and her gaze narrowed. Maybe she could tell that he'd thought about opening the apartment door to find her standing like a warrior, her muscles taut and strong, about a hundred times since then, often while he was in the shower. He just skipped the painful part when she shot him down.
fine, he laughed. I surrender. He pulled the pant leg of his gray slacks up to his knee. Her fingers skirted over the long contusion down the side of his leg, they were cold, and he had to make himself stay still. She was wholly focused on examining him, which gave him a moment to imagine her long hair let down, wavy. It was so thick and his fingers itched to weave themselves into it, just to see how it felt. You didn't get all the gravel out of this, she said, frowning. What? He'd kind of forgotten what they were supposed to be doing. Really? That was unlikely, given that two people had looked at it already. Really? The unmistakable snap of her putting on a glove startled him. Oh, you don't have to take it out, I can do it. It'll be easier if I do it, she said, grabbing a pair of tweezers from her bag that he hoped were clean. They probably were. He didn't know why it was making him so nervous to have her working on him, she was a total professional. It wasn't her skills. It was just, her. So quiet, so focused. So, persuasive. She rested her left hand, which had no glove, on his leg as she went to work with her tool of choice, her touch was calming and exciting at the same time. Daniel heard a plink. Speaking of distraction, more tiny gravel fragments bounced against the metal as she dropped them in the pan. He opened his mouth to protest again, but she was already asking him a question he hadn't been listening to. Do you know where I got these tweezers? Um. No. These are not just normal tweezers. They're finely pointed on the ends and perfect for getting small fragments out from under the skin. Another plink. I got them at a quilt store in Sisters. Not that I have much call for removing small fragments in the course of my normal work with mothers. But it's nice to have the option when the situation calls for it. She straightened, apparently satisfied with her work on his leg, and she sprayed it with a bottle of antiseptic spray she apparently also had in her bag. Winnie patted his leg. All done. Thank you, he said meekly. You're welcome, she said, very businesslike. He expected her to open the door, but she didn't. Eyes on her bag, she continued talking. Earlier, you mentioned that I wanted to be a doctor. How did you know that? Your mother mentioned it during one of her lectures. Winnie nodded slowly, still reorganizing her bag. He rolled his pant leg down as he watched her carefully. She wasn't looking at him, so it was hard to read her expression exactly, but it felt like dismay. Something wasn't right, and that cryptic expression was making him curious. Don't you? he asked softly. Don't I what? Don't you want to be a doctor? She slung her bag over her shoulder, her expression sour. Oops, he thought, that wasn't the right thing to say. I can't see how that's any of your business. She moved for the door, but he caught her arm gently. Hey. Winnie. I didn't mean to pry. I thought it was public knowledge. It's public knowledge that I failed the MCATs five times consecutively. I just didn't realize my mother was spreading the idea that I'm still trying. Daniel knew from his friendship with Ainsley and his closeness with his sister Maggie that he needed to tread carefully on such a delicate subject. Aren't you happy being a midwife? She pivoted to face him. 
Yes, I am. It would be a mistake to mention her age here, but he couldn't think of anything else to say. Winnie smiled. Yes, I would be an old medical school student. You can say it whippersnapper. He threw his hands up in mock disgust. I'm not that much younger than you. Oh, really? How many kids were in the Brady Bunch? Six. Three boys, three girls. That was a warm-up question. On Perfect Strangers, where was Baki from? Who? Who played Mork in the classic TV show Mork and Mindy? Tom Hanks? Winnie nodded, as if congratulating herself. That's what I thought. Wait, you didn't watch that stuff when it came out. She had the grace to blush a little. No, I saw it in reruns. But so what? Winnie, this is what IMDb is for. And I can watch all that stuff on some streaming service. She poked a finger gently into his chest, and her eyes flared at the contact with his firm muscles there. In a flash, it was gone, but it filled him with gratification nonetheless. My point isn't that you couldn't watch it now, my point is that you didn't watch it then. My point is that I'm significantly older than you. You watched it in reruns, Daniel repeated. You may be older than me, but it's not significant. At least not to me. Winnie gave him a flat smile. Then you're the only one. This week's romance in real life moment comes from Mr. Boof, username the Party Pope on Instagram. He posted a picture of these cute red mittens that his mom made so she could hold hands with his dad on their walks. Oh my gosh, it's killing me. It looks like conjoined mitten twins so that they can like hold hands inside the mitten and it is so stinking adorable. If you want to see a picture, you can check out my Instagram, username at Fiona West Author and see them for yourself. I am currently working on book seven in the Timber Falls series, which is Charlie's book. Now, if you're going through with me here and not reading the books, you haven't met Charlie yet, but trust me, you are going to hate him. I know, everyone is Team Starla, she is his ex, she had her own romance in book four, but we gotta give this guy a chance at redemption. Several people asked me if he was gonna get his own book. And the more I thought about it, the louder he got in my head. So, you know how I love messy characters. Uh, Charlie is the messiest of all, so he is going to challenge me uh, and challenge my ideas about romance, and I'm excited about it. If you need more Timberfalls in the meantime, you can find the whole series in ebooks on Amazon, in Kindle Unlimited, or in paperbacks at most independent bookstores. And I would honestly love to hear from you. If you have a romance in real life moment or a question you want answered on the show, send me a voice message on Anchor and I'll try to include it on a future show. That's also where you can donate to support the show. Or if you're like me and you don't want to learn how to do one more new technological thing, send me an email at Fiona at Fiona West. Dot net. I am Fiona West, signing off. Happy reading, book buddies. <laughs>